Welcome to the Make Life Your Bitch podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Alicia. Greatness is a decision and your birthright. You deserve to love the woman looking back at you in the mirror. This show is for the purpose-driven female entrepreneur who is committed to only counting the time she gets back up. The woman who is ready to ignite the flame within, find her voice, and use the power of her story to transform the lives of those around her. This is your weekly fuel to inspire you to action, where I'll be sharing inspirational stories, real talks with thought leaders and successful entrepreneurs from around the world, and provide you with actionable success strategies for creating a business you love. I'm a content marketing coach, and I'm committed to helping you as an online creator and entrepreneur wherever you are to turn your dreams into a reality, to help you transform your messaging so you can create a genuine connection with your audience and grow your income online. You are far more powerful and stronger than you will ever imagine. We are the warriors. You were born for this. Let's make life your bitch. Hello and welcome to the Make Life Your Bitch podcast. I am your host, Brittany Alicia. And today I have Judy V with me and she is a miracle maker because she truly believes that she's a miracle. She's an entrepreneur. She's a mentor. And I am thrilled to be having this conversation with you today because I think you and I are on the same level of what we talk about. So welcome to the show and tell me all about you. <laughs> thank, you so much. thank you, Brittany. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a while coming and I have been so excited and so looking forward to this because we share you know, some of the same groups. So it's just been amazing to be to be here with you now. So thank you for that. Awesome. So, you know, like you said, like you believe in miracles and it before we got started, we had a really good conversation about, you know, why that is so important to you. And so how did this come to be that you've developed these beliefs that anything is possible? I know for a fact that we are miracles and we are miracle makers. And that that's, that's what I do. So I'm a catalyst for people creating miracles in their life. I know it and there is not one human being on this planet that has not got the infrastructure the tools and the and the wherewithal to do that to create miracles i know that without a shadow of a doubt i know it because i'm a miracle i know it because of the miracles that i've created in my life and when we talk about miracles we're talking about the unpredictable we're talking about magic we're talking about we're talking about the the unimaginable materializations of our wildest dreams to live an iconic life and at the end of the day that's what we're here for we are the physical manifestation of our soul that is what we are here for we're here to live an extraordinary life we are here to be the fully expressed version of our soul we're here to live in love abundance in compassion and empathy and gratitude and appreciation and that energy is the energy of potentiality possibility in the the be, we are limitless in that energy but mm -hmm. we have lost touch with that mm -hmm. i was extraordinary extraordinarily fortunate many years ago to had the most extraordinary transcendent experience in the midst of horror mm -hmm. in the midst of the most horrendous horror and this is also why I'm able to say that no matter what you've experienced no matter what you've done or not done no matter where you are in your life right now magic and miracles 
is that a way? Mm-hmm. Literally. So if I take you back to how the horror and where and some context. So from the age of about three, um, I was um, locked up and t- tortured and abused and used as a slave for the f- for the next 20 years of my life until I escaped in my early 20s. Mm-hmm. And the the horror and the torture was was extreme. I didn't go to school. I didn't wasn't social. Didn't go. To, didn't have friends. Didn't socialize. You know, lived in extreme poverty, and at times even resorting to eating tin dog food, and at times not having food for days. Um, wearing most most of the time during the day, most of the time I would wear is old men's clothes as a little girl growing up. Right, so you can imagine how quite horrendous that was as well, among, amongst all the physical torture. And it got to a point where I eventually literally felt I lived only because my heart beat and I felt like a piece of meat and I willed my heart to stop beating so hard. It didn't. And then one day in the middle of, in November, in Ireland, cold morning, rainy and gray, as it sometimes is, frequently mm-hmm. in Ireland. <laughs> I remember getting up one morning after a night of the most horrendous torture. It was pretty bad. And I walked into the bathroom and I walked over to the mirror and I, I looked in the mirror and for the as I looked in the mirror, it was almost like it was the first time I was consciously aware of seeing myself. Now, I have no doubt I saw myself many times, but mm-hmm. this particular time I remember seeing, being conscious, oh, I looked at myself and something drew me in and I looked closer in the mirror and I looked beyond my physical form, looked beyond the bruises on my cheek, the blood on my cheek, on my lips, the pale blue torn nighty. I looked beyond all that into my eyes and it was like as if my arm was reaching in through my eyes down into which I now know to be my solar plexus. I didn't have that language then (laughs) And, and I grabbed something. And it was physical, the grabbing, I grabbed something, it was physical. And for many, many years after that, I called it my something, which I now know to be my soul, my spirit. Mm-hmm. And as I grabbed it, I was, it was like I was transported out of my body and outside. And I was, and I, it, was, it wasn't a frightening, it wasn't a scary experience, even though it was November and cold, and I was just in a pale blue nighty, I wasn't cold, I was comfortable. And in that experience, being outside, I felt one with everything. There was a oneness, there was absolutely no separation between me, the trees, the birds, the rain on the, on the glass, the grass being cut in the distance, the smell of the grass being cut, there was no separation. I was literally one with it all. Mm-hmm. And the next thing I felt was this most extraordinary um, sensation. And it felt like a thousand blankets being wrapped around me. And I, it was really, really, it was like so encompassing, so wrapping. And, and I didn't know what it was. And I really kept trying to figure out what this feeling was. And then I realized it was love. I had never felt it before, but it was the most extraordinary, exquisite, unconditional love. It was not of this world love. It was divine love. It was beautiful. 
And as I looked up, I saw me in the bathroom. And in that moment of me seeing myself in the bathroom, this love just like literally was like that onto me. And in mm-hmm. that moment of receiving that love, or everything I had been through, everything I was going through and everything I was yet to go through in my physical body healed in that moment. It was like the quantum time, not mm-hmm. linear, it was quantum. I healed in that moment. All versions, all timelines of me healed. And as the next thing I recall is then literally what I call being, it felt like being in the black womb of mother nature. I was energy in the quantum field. Mm-hmm. And I could see so much, so many, so, so much potential, so many options, so many opportunities, so much. The abundance of everything was extraordinary. Now you can imagine somebody, given the experience that I was having, predictably my life was gonna be rather predictable. It was gonna be suffering, ongoing suffering. Yeah, abusive relationships, if I ever escaped, early death. I mean, I miraculously survived being shot, being stabbed and other things that I won't go into here, but just beyond what you can imagine, the sort of stuff that was done that I was, it was a miracle that I survived. Um, predictably, my life was gonna be one of suffering. But in this space, I could see so much. And in that moment, I planted three seeds. I didn't know that at the time, but now with all the awareness that I have now, after studying human behavior, human potentials, quanta, the quantum field for 20 years, I could see that in that moment I planted three seeds. I desired more than anything, love, planted the seed of love. I desired more than anything, luxury, planted the seed of luxury. Although I call it prosperity now because it encompasses so much more. And that was what I meant. I just didn't have the language then. And I planted the seed of adventure. Three seeds were planted in that moment. I had no idea what it meant, but I just knew they were the option of all the things that were there, all the possible, they were the three things that I planted. That's what I wanted, that's what I desired. Again, I was 15, I was uneducated and there was no internet, no YouTube then. There was like two <laughs> TV channels in Ireland at the time. And then I, um, I came back into my body and there were two things, I'll never forget, two thoughts I had between coming back into my body and leaving the bathroom. The one, is not so surprising. The other one is a bit strange. But let me tell you about the first one. The first one was because of my something, holding on to my something, I knew, and I knew that I my, my eternity could never be broken. My soul could never be broken. And I remember saying, you can break my body, but you will never break my soul. Never take my soul. That changed everything gave that is the most empowering sense that experience being that we can be in and the other thing that i thought and sort of realized on the way out it's gonna sound really strange considering the extent of that spiritual experience i just had was i knew that i would escape i knew i would escape without a shadow of a doubt i had no idea when 
I didn't question when, I just knew it. It was a knowing. And I knew that when I escaped, I would get a job in merchant banking, stockbroking, shipping, or oil and gas. How weird is that? Like, I didn't even know what stockbroking was. I didn't know what merchant banking was. I had no idea what all of that was. No idea. I was uneducated. I could barely read it. <laughs> it took another six years for me to escape. This is another challenge that we have because when we plant a seed, we want it now. Or if we haven't got evidence of it now, we change our mind and we get disillusioned and we then go for a different thing and different thing. Every because we, we live in this society of a linear timeline when it's not that's not the truth of who we are. I never once doubted I would escape. And it was another six years. And I can see the perfection because in hindsight, you can always see how perfect it was. And yes, it was I had, I had experienced a lot more suffering and struggle and torture during that time. But I dedicated my focus, my energy to preparing myself to, es to escaping. So I managed to get books on finance, on business, and, and learn as much as I could. I was studying Adam Smith. I was like doing all of the things I could do to prepare me for when I did escape. And I did escape one night in the middle of the night. Again, it was November with just about nothing, literally not a plastic bag of tattered old few bits of clothes. Um, and a copy of Wuthering Heights, the book by <laughs> Emily Bronte, and um, and a painting that I'd done of my cat that I was leaving behind. And I got to London. I had to leave the country because I would have been caught and brought back. So I had to leave the country. So I went to London. And I landed on Friday night in November, um, knowing no one, with nothing, nothing, knowing no one, with nothing, no resources, nothing. Within a week, I had two job offers. One was in shipping and one was a trading accountant on oil and gas trading floor. How is that possible? If that's not a miracle, what is? Mm -hmm. And I, from then on, my life has been an iconic life of love, prosperity, and adventure. I've gone on, I have been married to the most extraordinary man on the planet <laughs> 22 years now we are still in honeymoon we're madly in love we still have so much fun I have prospered I have made so much money I've had so many businesses I've created all the businesses I've created have been pioneering they have made history prosperity is just like part of my DNA adventure I have had the most extraordinary adventures I've represented South Africa World Cup, uh, World Championships. Uh, I've been a champion swimmer, champion pilot. I have done all sorts of crazy, crazy things. That has been my life. We are miracle makers. And in my endeavor to understand, because one of the things that I remember when I did escape, when I started to interact with people, when I started to learn how to socialize, I couldn't understand how people felt so trapped. People felt so limited. People felt that they would had to be defined by stuff. I just really couldn't resonate. And it created a lot of dissonance for me in my ability to interact because I was completely different. That we are miracles. There's nothing we cannot do. You know, somebody said to me, no, you can't do that. It was, it was like you were speaking alien language to me. 
So I then started studying um, human behavior, human potential. And it's quite simple. There's just the one thing that we've done that we need to undo. We would be wise to undo just the one thing. It's not that big, but it feels very big. We have to quote Einstein, promoted the body, the ego, one of the same, to that of master and forgotten the sacred gift of intuition. We have forgotten our divinity. That's it. That's all we need to do is to get back in touch with our divinity. And when we live a life in our soul power, we create miracles. We create the most extraordinary miracles and it happens in quantum time, which I trust me for the large part, it's a lot quicker than space, the Newtonian space and time of the, of the society that we live in. Mm -hmm. And it is a lot more joyful, it's a lot more blissful and it's a lot more fun as well. Because in that space, in that, in the soul, and here's an interesting thing that again, we've forgotten. In the soul space, it's childlike, it's innocent. The most potent portal to tap back into our soul is through our inner child and through our innocence. And when we stop being grown up in this artificial paradigm that we've created that we call society, when we stop being grown up and start allowing ourselves the freedom to be who we are here to be, which is who we were when we were children, young, we play in the energy of innocence. And that fun, that joy, that bliss is our most creative space. And we create miracles. Yeah. You know, I love that you share all of that. Um, you know, I've been listening so intently and I, you know, I, I love having discussions, like I said, um, all about the quantum, because I think like a lot of people do try to control everything. And, you know, it's that toggle between, you know, I'm going to believe and then, but how? I'm going to believe, but like, what do I need to do though? Like what action do I need to take? And they get, they immediately go back up to their thoughts. And I always like to say, you know, you can be brain dead, but the thing keeping you alive is your heart, you know? And it's like, you know, I, I'll say to my clients, like when, you know, people first come into any sort of world of meditation, I'm like, you need to drop from your head into your heart and lead from there. And so for me, I always like to begin my mornings with like doing connecting with my feminine. And I say like, she tells the masculine, like, go do this. But when you were talking about the quantum, like, um, which essentially is my understanding of the fifth dimension. Yes. 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 Um, and so with that, um, 
I, I like that you were saying people change their minds because I always like to think of it as like you decide you want one thing and it's like the universe is like, okay. And it like starts to build this beautiful house that you're asking for. And then you're like, it's not working. It's not here yet. And then all of a sudden you change your mind. And I said, you have all these half built houses in the fifth dimension <laughs> that are just like waiting for you. And it's like, you know, if you were to imagine like all these, like this neighborhood of houses and it's like, that's you every single time that you change your mind. Yes. And you know, it, it really is that experience of, you know, the knowing, like really that knowing that when people ask you, they're like, well, how are you going to do that? What, like, you know, they, I mean, especially for us in entrepreneurship who are tapped into, um, the energetics and that kind of thing, you know, when someone asks you like, well, how are you going to do that? And they look at you like you're crazy. You're like, I, I just know I will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And the cool thing about that was I had done timeline therapy last year in June and saw my daughter. And so it was funny because, um, I mean, she wasn't conceived until October, November. Right. And, um, my boyfriend was like certain that she was going to be a boy, like to the point that he had people making her boy, like blue things. (laughs) And I'm like, it's going to be a girl. And he's like, well, how do you know? And I'm like, I don't know. I just know. <laughs> like, I just know. And then she came, like, obviously came out a girl and the look on his face was like priceless. Really? And he was like, for 15 minutes, he was just in shock. Like, how am I like, what am I going to do with a daughter? <laughs> like, And he like looked at her, looked at me, looked at her. And he's like, are you sure? (laughs) (laughs) And the reason I bring that up is just because, you know, it's like you said, things can happen, you know, quickly or slowly. And like, I I would love to hear your perspective on this. Do you feel that like the longer we hang out in that fifth dimension and don't allow the energy to drop back into 3d, the, you know, the how, and um, do you feel that that's what leads to people quantum leaping faster? Okay, so um, the the thing, the number one thing that creates the um, quantum leaping mm-hmm. is the time you spend in the quantum field when you are more energy than matter. Because when we get to a point where we want to change our life or want to change something, when something is not feeling like flow and bliss and joy, which is this is which is the 5D. That is us. (laughs) That's the truth of us, right? That's where we have sovereign divinity. That's when we have free will, right? When we're in the struggle, when we're in the in the in the suffering and the overwhelm and the stress and the lack, we have no free will because we're trapped. We're trapped by the conditioning and programming where our, where we have promoted our body and, e- and, e- and or ego, they're the same thing, to that of master. That becomes our, um, our benchmark. That becomes our reality and there's no free will, right? So what, the more time we spend in being more energy than matter, the more we create. Because when we're in the trap, in the third dimension paradigm, when we're in that space, your matter trying to change matter. It's not possible. Look at physics. Everything around spirituality predicates physics. Everything. Mm-hmm. And we're only just beginning to realize that. Mm-hmm. Everything 
in spirituality predicates physics. Everything in spirituality is being proven more and more and more and more with physics. So you can't change matter with matter, but you can change with energy. You can change it matter with energy. That's how we train. We can create and change everything and anything with energy. The more time we spend in energy, the more we have, we activate our um, soul power, the more we activate our free will and our sovereign divinity. Okay, the more whole we are and the less um, addicted we are to the past present, which creates the predictable future. Mm-hmm. Because the problem with being trapped in the realm of the third dimension, which is an which is all based on illusion, Newtonian physics, right? So it's all based on um, on on matter, and it's all based on density. And when whenever you're in that, you can only receive information to that level. Mm-hmm. So you can only create and only receive information to that level. So the mind never just ex- get get to expand. So you don't create space for new information, new possibilities, new potentiality. And that's why people struggle to believe, trust, have faith in um, in the fact that there is something more. We have to first connect into our beingness. Mm-hmm. One of the best ways to do that is reconnect with your inner child. Connect with joyful moments as a child. One of the strange things that happened for me and and the reason why why and I this is an incredible gift. It's gonna probably sound a bit weird, but I was there's in, nothing weird on here. Like the okay. stuff that I talk about, and like even with fifth dimension, I you know it was like about you know a few months ago that I really all of a sudden I just had this like moment where I was like I woke up and I sat down and I started writing. Like, what does this all mean? And then. I went and started looking into it. I was like, oh, this is the 5D. This is how this all works. But it was like, yeah, it was like divinely given to me. And I was like, I need to share this with Mm. people in my world. And I'm very much someone who loves to do analogies and dumb shit down for people. (laughs) (laughs) And I like, like, I like the science side of things where it's like, let me show you the proof because Mm. I've also come from a place of trauma. I've been kidnapped. I've been raped. Um, if you know anything about my story. So, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, as you share this, it's like, it's even for me, when I talk to people about this kind of stuff, it's almost like, I get that, I don't want to say validation, but that like, I'm not the only crazy person out there, like, because you keep saying like, this is going to sound weird. And it's like, to me, it's like, nothing it's, sounds weird. Yes, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, get, I get, I totally get that. It's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But I had, uh, as I said to you, I went out into society and I had to learn how to socialize and how to survive in, in the, in the 3D world. Um, Cause yeah. So, and after a number of years, a good number of years, I had made so much money. I traveled the world. I had, I represented South Africa at world because I was living in South Africa and world championships. And again, somebody said to me, there's no way it's because I had to learn all the sports. I wasn't growing up with sport and um, all the things. And then a, a point came and I'm not sure why, why or what this point was, but a point came where I became normal. 
<laughs> my eyes just got big for anyone who because <laughs> you can't hear me my eyes were like what <laughs> I did, everybody does Mm-hmm. And I started looking outside of myself for validation. I started looking outside of myself for worth. I started looking outside of myself for belonging. I started looking outside of myself for everything. Mm-hmm. And my life dived. Dived <laughs> at super hyperspeed. It dived, right? I was I was living, I had the most extraordinary life, right? On the outside, everything was still fine. But in here, I was in hell. And over 18 months, I eight, 18 months, I took something like nine overdoses. Not because I wanted to die, but because I just needed this hell to stop. And I didn't know how to stop it because I wasn't aware of what I had done. And I would like people was, you know, I'd go from hospital. I was I was institutionalized a couple of times and I had to see therapists. And the therapists were trying to get me to relay the story of my my the abuse and this this rape and that rape and this torture and that torture and I, and I kept saying to them it has got nothing to do with that I'm fine with that it is healed it was healed when I was 15 and they wouldn't hear me I couldn't understand what was going on because they I, don't understand it like no you know <laughs> and um my husband now husband we were mates at the time and I would call him at 12 at night, one in the morning, whatever it is. And we'd go and have coffee at three or four in the morning. And I'd be talking to him and, and I would say, you know, yo, I would tell him that I'm planning another overdose, but he's such a wise soul. He's an old soul. He would not try and talk me out of it or stop me or try and change me. He said, well, it's crazy. It's stupid, but you know that you're going to do what you're going to do. Right. Whatever. Um, and um, and I just knew that I'd get to a point of craziness in my head that I'd have to get time out. I just wanted the world to stop for a while. And I remember taking that last overdose and I would always take the overdoses, looking at myself in the mirror, seeking, trying to connect, right? And I remember mm-hmm. taking that last overdose and my whole body was trying to resist it for the first time. Normally it would just swallow the freaking pills, right? And I would lie. I would go to every GP there was for as far away as I could and just lie just give me the pills right I had the litany of pills that I said I needed because I was a poor victim of abuse you know I used that okay <laughs> so I got I got all that and I remember taking them and my whole body wanted to reject them and that was because I was at a I was at a breaking point of a breakthrough went into a coma and anyway, it took them went into a coma and again back into ICU and I'll never forget when I woke up it was like bang there it was. It was as clear as day. What was going on? And that was the moment I caught, I, I came up with or felt resonated with. I'd rather have the whole world against me than my own soul. What happened was that during the time I was in outer hell, I was in inner heaven. After that transcendent experience before that, I was feeling like yeah, my heart, I felt like a piece of meat, my heart beat only, and that was where I lived. Whereas after that event, I had the most extraordinary joy, no matter what happened around me in my outer environment. Yes, there were moments of pain. Yes, there was moments of torture. Yes, there were moments of like fear and terror and all that sort of stuff, but nothing changed the deep 
within me beingness, being joy, being bliss, being happy for no reason, because I was my soul, and that is my soul, eternal, forever, joyful, blissful, innocent. That is always, that was was core in me, no matter what happened in my outer environment, inside, that was my existence. And when I escaped, that's the life I lived. That's what I created. And I would rather have the whole world against me than my own soul. That's the life I lived. There was I was unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Yes, I felt different. And I suppose that's what led to my desire to try and fit in. In order to try and fit in, I had to become normal. Yeah. And then I had this extraordinary life on the outside. As my husband, who who I would speak to at four in the morning, he would say, but you people would give that right arm for the life you've got. I had wealth. I had all the latest tools, uh, toys. I had the most extraordinary life on the inside, on the outside. But inside, I was in hell. Mm-hmm. Whilst my life was heaven outside, inside I was in hell. Yet during the hardest, most awful times in my life, outside was awful and horrible and hell. But inside, I was in heaven. Mm-hmm. That's the most important part of of our life. When we've got that. Like people say, when you've got your health, no, when you've got your soul. Mm -hmm. Because when you've got your soul, your health is fine. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I'm not sure where I was going with that. I've lost track, but I just felt Um, what what we were talking about was the joy and coming back to our inner child. And so when you were a child, like I, I I felt that you were going down the path of like how you were able to connect with that joy. Yes. Then. Yeah. So, um, so for me, it's a, for me the, the the journey back after that last overdose. I, obviously, my life changed again as a, like instantly. Right, the moment I had that breakthrough, everything changed because I reconnected to that inner joy that I had. Oh, I've lost that, and I reconnect reconnected that, and I I have spoken to thousands of people over the because I started the first ever online uh, coaching platform in 2000 so I've been working with people for a very long time and I've spoken to a lot of people and the number of people that tell me that they can't remember happy times or they can't connect to their inner child is conditioning it's Mm -hmm. just because they're they're allowing their body to be greater than their eternal mind than their eternal soul that is it. There is no way that you will not, cannot, have not got a a memory, a feeling, a sensation of when you were a child and you connect in with that. So no matter what chaos you perceive is going on in your life right now, just take a moment, even if it's for 10 seconds, and connect to that. Recall it. Find it. You will find it. I have never not been able to take someone to a moment where they had that uh, exuberance that ecstatic that joy that bliss as a child because as a child obviously we are more close to source connected to source and as we get older we distance ourselves until we intentionally get back in touch that's the society we live in so um there's no i've never been not been able to take someone back to that and just tapping into that even if it's just 10 seconds two or three times a day it starts to change your reality. It starts mm-hmm. to change your energy. And you start to ex- sort of like experience a different feeling 
And if you can start changing your energy, just connecting back to that, changing your energy into your being, you're, you're being joyful for no reason, being happy for no reason, being grateful for no reason. Mm -hmm. We start to change our resonance and our experience and our expression of life shifts as well. And the more we're able to do that, the more hyperspeed we create miracles. And, you know, as you're saying this, um, one of the things I like to talk about is the experiences, the awareness, the consciousness. And I very, like you said, like we're like so many people are on autopilot. Um, I do believe the thing when people say you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Um, and like, for me, sometimes I need to look at that and be like, you know, no wonder you're where you're at Brittany. And like, you know, those situations where it's like the energy drops, it's like, look who you're hanging out with. Like mm -hmm. they're complaining all the time. And it's like, I'm, I'm not here to raise their vibration. <laughs> right. Yeah. But you know, when it comes to that level of awareness and the really cool thing is with, um, my daughter is seeing her like, you know, as she's starting to grow up and just like her feeling the couch, like the texture. And yeah. I mean, she's at that point now where she puts everything in her mouth. Um, <laughs> and it's like, it's just like, she's feeling everything. And there's just this level of awareness that kids have. And I remember, I think, you know, who Andrea Grund is. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So she, um, her and I had done a reading together last year and I was seven weeks pregnant and she's like, can I pull some cards for your daughter? And she's like, she's like, there's a masculine energy there. And I said, but she's a girl. I was like, just so you know. And she's like, but she's a star seed. You know, she has this um, life force behind her. And I was talking to my daughter the other day. And I said to her, like, thank you for choosing me. You know, thank you for like choosing me to be the be your mom, you know, and bring be the person that gets to bring your soul back into this world. And so it's really cool, like seeing her touch all these textures, you know, and yeah. the way she's growing up. And the things I always like to talk about is when we connect to the, back to the inner child, when we connect into that awareness and we just slow down, like we just stop and like actually look at our surroundings, you know, you, you like, you know, that's one of the reasons you're going to quantum leap too, because you're going to have so much more awareness and you're going to see life differently. Like I remember I was walking this summer, um, going down the street and I remember seeing like these trees and well, I guess it would have been fall. And I remember seeing these things fly around and my daughter had just gotten stung by a wasp like Ooh. a week. Like, yeah, I know. And oh. it was like a few days before. And so as we're going by these trees, I can see these things flying around and I'm like pushing the stroller and I'm like, let's move quicker. <laughs> like, you know, there's these, there's wasps ah, and I'm freaking out. And we come, you know, the next day we're walking by and my boyfriend stops. Cause he has, he has a lot of awareness that I think that he doesn't even realize what his power is energetically. And he looks and he goes, Oh, like, look at all these ladybugs and like the trees, like the, like the trunks were just covered in ladybugs. Wow. And, and it hit me. And I was like, those weren't wasps flying around. Those were ladybugs. And it was like that, like slap that I needed to be like, you've lost your awareness. You've lost yes. the, you yes. know what I mean? Yeah. 
that is that is so awesome because we respond to perceptions so yes and then we reinforce that and then that becomes our personal reality that then becomes our personality and that then becomes our environment and that's Mm -hmm. how quick it happens and we adapt very very quickly very quickly so um so it's so important to create that sense of the being in the present moment creating space for more because the thing is we, we we think the same just to bring it back to the human we think the same thoughts 90 to 95 percent of the time each and every day so if we're thinking the same thoughts we're having the same emotions and feelings creating the same events seeing the same things experiencing the same things doing the same things so that everything becomes predictable and any and and because of our conditioning because of how we are programmed to think and be and do in the third dimension um we always we be, and because we promoted the body the ego to that of master and its role is to survive that's its role is to have this physical body survive so our soul can experience life. But because we promoted this body to master, it is controlling us. Mm-hmm. And because its role is for us to survive, it's always looking for predator prey. It's always on high alert. It's always on high alert. It activates our nervous system. It creates certain feelings and those feelings create emotions and those emotions create thoughts. And now it becomes a perpetual loop. And we then we then embed and deepen the levels of that programming to the point that that becomes our personal reality, our personality and our environment. And that becomes the confines for which we live in, or rather I should say exist in, right? Mm-hmm. Because, and, 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 all, and everything is based on the past, present, everything, all our thoughts based on the past, past, present, everything, 90, 90 to 95%. And if your brain or your mind is not learning new stuff, you're creating the predi- a predictable future based on the past. And there's no space, there's no free will and no space for creativity, magic and miracles in there, just predictability, no possibility and no potentiality. Mm-hmm. That's the tragedy. It is. And because I think you said it was, I think it's 90 to 95% of our subconscious mind during the day, like is what controls us. And I, you know, I had read somewhere that said 70% of our thoughts are negative. Right. And so if 70% of your thoughts are that, like, I mean, for the people who are existing, <laughs> you know, and if 70% of your thoughts are negative and not actually supporting you, and then you take like, well, 99, 90 to 95% of that, you know, it's, you know, it's no wonder that yeah. people are just existing. And if you don't go back and connect to your subconscious mind every single day, you know, and I think that's what people do is they jump on the bandwagon of I'm going to do this. You know, I want to feel good. I want to feel good now. And they start to feel good. And then they stop doing the things that got them to that place of feeling good. Yeah. Yes. So the reason why most of our thoughts are negative is because of the body is designed for survival. Mm -hmm. And when it's activated, 
right? When we're in high beta and activate the, the nervous system, the sympathetic nervous system is triggered. It is therefore always on the lookout for predator prey. And that's exhausting. And that creates stress, that creates um, overwhelm. And that is why we, and then what we always anticipate, worst, worst case scenario. So during the course of a day, 10 to 15 things, 20 things could happen that are amazing, but we'll always focus and put energy behind this bad thing that happened. And we always anticipate the very first worst case scenario because we have to know that we will survive. Mm -hmm. Right. That's the only reason. And this is it's so simple when you start to understand it, that we are being driven by the uh, the the nervous system of our body rather than the wisdom of our soul. And when we stop allowing our body to be master and start connecting in the wisdom of our soul, we create a very different experience in our life, a very different expression of our life. Um, but and the, and so it's just the it's just that we feel threatened, and it's it's like is that's why we're so often in fear, a future um, event appearing real. That's what fear is, F E A R, future event appearing real. That's it. That's it. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't have to be that, and. And the more we are focusing on the worst case scenario, that's the energetic match we will bring back into our life. It's as simple as that. You know, mm -hmm. it, when you look at like, there used to be that there was energy and matter, but now we know there's not, there's just mm -hmm. energy because matter is just frozen energy. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. Everything is energy. Everything is energy, everything. So the more we connect in with our with energy and that which we desire and trust that. And here's an interesting thing about trust, the reason trusting our desires, planting the seed and trusting it and being an energetic resonance with that clear intention, elevated emotion with energy. What the, the challenge with we experience with that is when it doesn't happen, we don't trust ourselves to have the trust because we've lived our whole life in the third dimension reality where we say we want to change. We say we want to create goals. We say we want to have a different reality, a different outcome, but we don't maintain it. So we mm -hmm. break our promise to ourselves all the time and we end up not trusting ourselves. We can't trust ourselves. We can't trust others. And we certainly can't trust the universe to work for us. Yeah. And I love that you say that because, you know, um, cause I have like my dimensions manifestation sequence program coming up and it's a three day intensive. And, you know, that's what I've said is like, you know, that day one is your energy of self-trust. If you don't have self-trust, like none of the other shit is going to work for you. No. Right. No. And it's like, you know, this, then, then we tap into that universal energy and then, you know, it's creating the rituals and routines in order to keep yourself in that high vibration, because I find for a lot of people, they want to teach everyone else what's working for them. And it's like, you have to do like, I've done programs where it's like, you have to do my routine. And it's like, that doesn't work for everyone. It's like, you need to understand why that works for those people and be able to, it's like, that keeps them at this energy level. Okay, so what brings me joy yeah. to stay yes. at that energy level?
Are you ready to dive deeper into understanding the fifth dimension, how to quantum leap, and how to utilize the compound effect? These concepts are super trendy right now, but as someone who has experienced trauma and may still like a little bit of control, trusting blindly can be very difficult for me until I understood how it all works. Even I didn't know how I manifested my dream vehicle, home, man, my baby girl, and hitting six figures, but now I do. Every program I have ever taken on manifestation told me to feel energy and trust. I tried everything from being positive, gratitude lists, connecting with crystals, clearing my chakras, and following the moon cycles. I needed more than just to trust. I needed to know how and why. This is your warning sign though, that once you do learn this, you'll never look at energy and manifestation the same again. Dimensions is a three-day intensive where you will become equipped with the manifestation sequence. We will deep dive into how it works, how to stay in the vibe, and manifest your dream life, all for only $333. Join now by heading to the description for the link. Yes, absolutely. You're spot on. Um, <laughs> yeah, because because like for me, what works for me is is literally being a nomad. I travel. Right, the moment I'm in Mexico for 16 months up until earlier this year, I was in Barbados. Before that, I was in Italy. Before that, I was in London. So, you know, I travel. I that is that keeps my energy because anything that becomes routine is like poison for my system. Right. Mm -hmm. Another thing, I have to be able to see the sea. That's my mm -hmm. thing. That keeps my energy up is being able to see the sea all the time. I always live by the sea or by, it's definitely by water, but 99% by the sea. You know, I always also have to live higher so I can I have a massive expansion, uh, expansive view. Um, mm -hmm. You know, these are the things, when you get to know you, what keeps you in your abundant, overflowing, blissful state, mm -hmm. and it's different for everybody. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's so important that people need to become more aware of that. Um, I do just want to ask like total sidebar, what is your human, what is your human design? Do you know what it is? A manifesting generator. I think it is. Okay. Yeah. Uh, like, I'm just curious. Cause um, it's funny. Cause everyone who, I mean, it's super trendy right now, but um you know, a lot of people who come on here, they know what they are. And it's, it's funny, because in the beginning, I was attracting um, projectors, I'm a projector, I'm a okay. self projector projector. And um, now it's a lot of manifesting generators. And I'm like, Oh, that's interesting oh, wow. how it's like coming in like groups of women. Um, but you know, like, what would be your tips for collapsing time for others? Because like, you know, for you, you've mentioned, you know, the joy and those kinds of things. And you've kind of mentioned, you know, how you were able to bring yourself back to that. But, you know, I really liked that you shared um, those feelings of like with the overdoses and stuff, because I know like I'm in recovery. And it, for me, you know, when people would ask me the things that I did, like, well, like you were doing so good, like what brought you back? And for me, it's like, you know, I just wanted the pain to stop 
and for this moment in time. And I remember when I was like kidnapped and I just remember this green bathtub, not knowing if I wanted to live or die. Right. And it was just like that numb feeling. And for people who are suicidal, you know, Mm -hmm. it's one of those things where they just get caught up in, you know, you know, because people call it selfish and it's like, they just, they just want to like the pain to stop. Right. And it's like, we become, like you said, like so trapped and not moving within our souls. Right. Um, And so what would be your tips? Like, I mean, of course people are, you know, focused. I work with entrepreneurs, there's entrepreneurs listening. So of course they want to know the wealth side of things. And they're like, how do I get the prosperity that she's talking about? Because (laughs) there's going to be people who are like, okay, you know, the being by the sea traveling brings me joy, but I don't have the finances to do it. So, you know, what are your tips for getting people to that collapsing time place? Um, there is, there's no way around it, but through it. That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. All right. There's no pill you can take. That's going to make it all good. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it is about mastering self overcoming the body overcoming the addictions to our body so the first thing we we are wise to do is stop pandering to the conditioning to the programming of our body Mm -hmm. that's the first thing because all that's going to do is create a predictable future for you and all you're going to do with a predictable future is get more of the same Mm-hmm. And it's not going to bring the joy. It's not going to bring the bliss. It's not going to bring that overflowing abundance. And certainly not going to connect you in with your soul, soul power where you can see and you become abundance consciousness. Now, I've recently, I, I do a lot of work with Ascended Masters. I do a lot of work. I spend four hours a day with from four in the morning till eight in the morning every morning with ascended masters and connecting my higher self and and all that so i do extremely um, powerful work in that way mm-hmm. but you you're not going to um connect him oh and where i was going was what we understand about generally speaking even amongst the people even amongst enlightenment what we understand generally about, about consciousness isn't a fry it's the tip of the iceberg it's the tip mm-hmm. of the iceberg but we won't connect in with that when you are living in predictability because all you're doing is getting more of the same and more and that is more stress more lack more overwhelm more pain more struggle more suffering that's all so the first job first thing is to connect in with your being and find joy in that for no reason and here's (laughs) the thing here's the thing you have a choice you either are master of your destiny or victim to your history it's as simple as that. What do you want to be? And when you make the decision of master of my destiny, then there is no faster way to do that than to connect in with all your, all of who you are, the truth of who you are, the bliss, the joy, for no reason. And you will come to me with every single story under the sun why you can't do that. And it is just that. It is just a freaking story. Mm-hmm. You want to be master of your destiny or victim to your history? You might be angry to this one who did that and that one who did that or your father, or your mother, your grandparents, your uncle, your teachers, whatever it is. Yeah, great, wonderful. How's that serving you? Mm-hmm. This is hard language. This is hard. But at the end of the day, 
I'm here to create miracles for people. And the only way I can create miracles for people is to be straight up and honest. Mm-hmm. There is you you if that if you genuinely want to be master of your destiny, you connect in with your who you are and find joy, find bliss, find what it is that brings you that and spend time there. That's the first thing. When you start spending time there, your resonance changes, your energy changes, and then you start, it's like portals start opening up and things start happening. And and then you get a knock. Something yucky has happened, something rather shabby has happened, whatever it is, you get a knock. But just remember that. The, just remember this. The only reason that's happened is because of a seed that you planted last week before you decided that you're going to be master of your destiny. Don't apply a meaning to it. It just is what it is. means nothing. Get back on the horse, connect in with you. It's what we call shorten that emotional refractory period. Don't let it dwell in it. Feel it. Feel the disappointment. Feel the sadness. Feel it. Let that emotion go. Let it flow. Energy, emotion, it needs to flow. And then connect back in. When you're done with that, then connect in back in with your heart, with yourself. Then you will start getting more comfortable and less um, you feel a less feeling less unsafe about starting to create an intention because we would rather guarantee what we don't want than gamble what we want. So, because we'd rather focus on what we don't want and create more of that than dare to be in the unknown to create something that we desire because we have no evidence of it. So, when you start feeling that connecting back with the truth of who you are and experiencing moments of joy and moments of happiness for no reason, moments of gratitude, as Dr. Joe Dispenza says, gratitude is the greatest state of receivership. There is no greater mm-hmm. state of receivership. So when you connect in with that, then you can dare to look at what it is you would love to intend. And I and just you- want to say something about that, you know, for people listening, gratitude is not writing a list And that's it. Like, I am so tired. Like, I think the secret was (laughs) an amazing starting point for people, but I think it's, it's Mm -hmm. fucked people up. It's fucked people up that they think, you know, they stop the energy because it's like, you're not allowed to think negative and it it traps the bot, like traps the energy within your body. It doesn't continue moving to me. Like, you know, that's the duality, allow it to continue moving go and then you like continue on but the gratitude list the writing 10 things down just for the sake of writing 10 things down no like you have to if you're going to be that person who wants to write it down it's like you need to take a hot minute with each thing that you write down and feel it in your being and bring the energy in so I just wanted to like say that as you're saying that because like that is one of the things that drives me freaking crazy (laughs) Yeah, that's a really good point, Brittany. It's so important. Like, you've got to feel it. So you've got tears in your eyes and your hair standing up. Or you've got goosebumps, right? Or all three of them. Or all of them, you know? It's like, it's it's a, it's a, it's a, a whole body experience. Mm-hmm. When you can get to that point, then you can set an intention. And then with that intention, what is the emotion attached to that intention? And tap into that and feel that and then put energy into that again just like what you were saying um Brittany people will think yeah I would like um a life of this 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 and this is how it will feel good excellent put energy into that 
when you do that when you do this when you do it when you it's it's hard at first i get i get it it is it takes overcoming your body being greater than your mind it does there's that's this is the this is the river of change and in the river of change that we're in here right here right now there are rapids all right and we have to navigate those rapids but if you want to be master of your destiny this is what it takes mm-hmm. and then you you you're in that you apply energy to that energy and you uh, so it's not just the emotion you then add in the energy behind that what happens is you start changing your neurons and this is a very important point that I'm going to get to right now. And I think it's, it could be the biggest, if, if, if people would remember this, it would change so much. Your neurons start to change and c- break old connections and synaptically ne- reconnect or connect to new connections. And this is how your mind doesn't know the difference between reality and imagination. Now, all of a sudden, you are defined by the future self that you desire. And your resonance when you carry that energy into your day is that. It changes everything. Remember when I said earlier that um, spirituality predicates all physics. Everything Mm -hmm. in spirituality has been proven in physics, including this. When we focus on our desires and we match that with a, with an emotion and we then put energy into that, I mean, energy, it, it takes work, putting energy into a future, imagine, and then you bring it to a point where it's happening now. You're living it now through thought alone. Now you're living it. And your energy is so powerful in that moment. You're changing the neurons in your brain. You can create a whole new life just by thought alone. And I have done this. When, after the um, the transcendent experience I had, I dedicated the next number of years to learning everything I could about uh, economics and business and so on and so on. I, ha- I had access to some books. I managed to get books, I asked. And I got books. And within six days of leaving, escaping, I had a job. I was earning almost six figures in the 90s with no education, right? There was a bit of learning and some thought. But also what I did during that time is I taught myself how to play violin. Mm -hmm. I got another job when I was in London. I was never taught. I had, I got a, I got asked for violin. I got a violin because your dynamics change. Everything changed. The torture didn't change. The, uh, the race, the abuse, the, all that didn't change. But I got stuff that I asked for. My resonance changed. I got a violin and I taught myself how to play violin by thought alone. I got a job in a, in an orchestra in London without ever having been taught to play a violin. I also taught myself to knit. Crazy, I know, but <laughs> I I know how to knit too. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's rather random, but I not only knit normal stuff. I was knitting complex Aran jerseys with all sorts of cable stitching and all that sort of stuff. I was never taught how to do that. Mm-hmm. I did the same with painting. I've had art exhibited in exhibitions. I have no one's ever taught me to paint. The same is by thought alone. You do it by thought alone. There is so much evidence and research in this field. 
there's many there's there's many um, ways it's called there's Heb it's called Hebbian learning there's many different names for it Stanford University um, Harvard University you name it there's been research centers and universities that have done studies on this and it's been proven proven where you can increase your bicep by thought alone by 20% in a week by thought alone you can pl play pianos this has been done you know a group of people taken and by thought alone taught how to play chords on a piano and in a week they're playing the chords they were like piano people group of men taken when they were taken to uh, who were in their 70s and taken to an environment that what life was like when they were in their 20s so everything around them was was um as it was when they were in their 20s and after a week that everything they they IQ increased, their fingers got longer, they lost weight around their waist, they got taller. After a week, mm -hmm. our environment and our thoughts so potent. Never underestimate the power of the mind when you connect into the quantum field. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, you talk about the mind, but it's like really that energy of the mind. It's like that energy from the soul that connects to the mind that connects to the quantum, because I think people try and think their way into things and they think that that's the mind. And it's like, that's not the mind. <laughs> it's, it's the neurons. The brain is the mind in action, mm -hmm. right? So when we remyelinate the neurons in our brain to work in, co in coherence with our soul and with our body, then you have a unification and that's why one of my programs is called Ascension to Unity. That's you've got you've got unification and everything is working together. But if our neurons are not wired, because our neurons are 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 wired and fired and connected, hit you know, in the third dimension that we live in, most people live in, that is can that that the neurons in our brain is wired and fired based on the conditions of our body, promoting our body to that of master, how we respond, react, the ego promoting that to the master. That's how our brain is wired. In order for us to think differently, we need to rewire our brain. And this mm -hmm. and this is the most powerful way to rewire your brain, the fastest way. And this is where you collapse time is the fastest way is rewiring your brain is by thought alone. So um, breaking the pattern of focusing on past, present, break, breaking the habit of focus on the predictable future, focusing on the intention, the desire with um, elevated emotion and energy you start to rewire your brain. Now your brain is starting to overcome the conditioning of your body. Your body is no longer the master and you start to connect in. Because the thing is, when we are running by the body, the ego, we're in the amygdala. That's why we're in the, the predator-prey pattern, the survival mode, right? That what we do is when we start remyelinating or refiring or rewiring our neurons in our brain it's sending different messages to our body it is sending uh, sort of like it's turning on genes that are supportive and turning off genes that are not supportive and it's sending different messages to the body it's sending different messages energetically it's, everything starts changing and what happens is we're now moving from the amygdala into the what I call the tenencephalon or the prefrontal cortex. You're now in this part of our brain, which is the newest part of our brain. And it's the one that's connected to our heart and connected 
to our superconscious. When we do that, and this is really interesting, this is really advanced, right? But this is what you <laughs> But when you manage to get clear intention, elevated emotion and energy, you actually physically feel the neurons changing in here. And then what you do is you go from then beta, where we are, like you and I are in beta right now, you go from beta to gamma, and that gamma is super conscious. That gamma is where you're at. Come, you are, you've got a hotline to your soul. Mm-hmm. It's extraordinary. And it, so to touch on that, because I think it goes alpha, beta, gamma, theta, correct? No, gamma is the oh. highest. It's the gamma fastest. Is the highest. That we know okay. of right now. There probably is faster that we know of right now. It's ongoing research. But gamma is is um super conscious, super aware. It's the super conscious state, right? Mm-hmm. Super. That's that's like that's the genius, the ultimate genius, the, the soul, the super conscious. That then you've got the beta, you've got high, mid range, and low beta, which is what we are. But most people spend 95% of people spend 95% of their time in high beta, high stress. Then you've got mid-range and low-range beta. Mid and low range is where we ideally spend 99% of our time, ideally, but most is on high beta. Then when we start relaxing, chilling, slowing the brain down, we're into alpha, which is like the sort of daydreaming, which is also very healthy for connect, for connect, for creativity. And when we're meditating, most people who start to meditate, when they go into low beta, they eventually manage to get into alpha. Then beyond alpha, there's the theta, and that is really powerful for creation. And it's a really deep sense of um, calm and peace. And I think that's where probably the clarity happens. It's like, that's where you desire, you create your desires. Alpha as well. You can do it in alpha. You can totally do it in alpha. But when you get into the theta, it becomes, um, it is more potent. It is definitely more powerful. And then you've got the delta. The delta is when you're asleep. But here's the thing. The more you practice um, being in the present moment, the more you practice mindfulness and stillness, the more you um, break the patterns and the habit of the addictions of the past emotions, the more you are in your present, the more you're in the forebrain, the telecephalon, the more you're in your soul power, you can actually be conscious in delta. That is like, the miracle you prayed from that place is extraordinary because you, as you said, you've got the most extraordinary clarity in that mm-hmm. space. And the important part about it is when you have a clear intention and you surrender, clear intention and you have an elevated emotion, is that you surrender. You surrender it. You don't try and control mm-hmm. it. You surrender it. You just embody the the energy. Energy you are that. It's happened. It's real. You are that energy. But how it plays out, it's none of our business. No. <laughs> I always like to say to people, like, if you need a visual of this, I'm like, go Google like a 3D object and see how there's like no, like there's only minimal lines. And I'm like, go like Google a 5D object. And you see all those lines, it's like that becomes all the possibilities, all the pathways to how something can happen to you. And like, like I said, I'm that person who it's like, I like to be visual. And so I'm like, this is it showing you that there is unlimited pathways for what you desire to come to you. And when you stop hanging out in the 3D, you know, it's and you actually, you know, raise up 
it's like you stop trying to control everything and how it's going to come to you. You let go. You have no, because there's unity. There's no separation. And the Mm -hmm. moment we have separation, because in the, in the third dimension, it's all separation. It's, Mm -hmm. it's fundamental. It's separation. We're separate from everything. But um, the more we um, are in, as you say, the fifth dimension or elevated levels of consciousness, that's when we have, we, there is no separation. There is only unity. We're one with everything. And that anytime we are separate, we're always separate. The minimum, anytime we feel, sorry, every time we perceive ourselves as separate, we're always separate. Mm-hmm. When you perceive yourself as one, you are one. You're on the same frequency. And it, the important thing that I've learned about our soul is that we are not given the full information of our destiny because we're not that person yet right we're given enough information that we can step into it person because we have a nervous system this nervous system is rather important because it keeps us alive right that's just one of the things weaknesses we have as a human and the soul has to contend with that and the way in which the soul contends with that is that it just gives us little snippets of what our destiny is so stop worrying about it you'll always (laughs) you'll always get there just trust it trust Mm -hmm. it and it will it will re- it will realize and here's the thing the more you do this work the more you understand it will come from the unknown it will not come from somewhere you predict because if it comes from somewhere you predict it wasn't unknown it was predictable mm-hmm. it will come from the unknown and therefore it's important to be in the space of the unknown not in the predictable but in possibility and predictability um sorry potentiality because we then start seeing how the synchronicities, the coincidences, the miracles, the magic that happens, right? Mm-hmm. We have, and, and we can tap into that. And we don't try that. Oh, well, that didn't work. It's interesting. No worries. And then this and that. You, be, you start being more fluid in all of and having fun with the universe. Because make no mistake, the universe has a quite a sense of humor. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and so this is just a question that I have um, for me personally. I'm like, educate me on this. So we were talking about the theta and the delta um, and it's slowing things down, but you had mentioned the gamma. So is the goal to like, you know, slow things down through theta and delta and then to skip by alpha and beta to get to the gamma to like create the quantum? What educate happened? me on this. <laughs> what happens is that um there's a moment so you always the idea is like to go down into the alpha theta right ideally right mm-hmm. and, and if you, in time one gets to delta um but we're always in delta every night when we sleep always okay mm-hmm. but you can be conscious and in delta um but when when you're doing these sort of meditations or the the exercise of the um, clear intention, elevated emotion, and you apply um, energy to that, you can then fly up to the gamma in that moment. And it's just moments. Mm-hmm. It's just moments. Now, here's an interesting thing: the the one it is it is suspected that there was a very famous pilot that went into gamma and he saved over a hundred lives. What is his name? The guy who flew the plane, uh, landed the plane at the Hudson River. What was his name? I don't know. But I mean, it's that, it's that thing that 
you know, it's that conversation that people constantly talk about is the pilot who threw flew the plane into the, of the plane and saved every soul on board, right? He they had just taken off, hit by birds, and um now what? This was this they had never been taught how to manage this pilots. And the fact that he landed the plane on the river and it stayed on the river long enough to get everybody off board um uninjured was a miracle. It was there was a tribunal. Mm-hmm. And when oh man, then his name not remembering it crazy. I can't believe it, I can't remember it. But it was a tribunal and it was ascertained that there is a high level of possibility or potential that he went into gamma. He he connected into superconscious state to be guided by something greater than him to landing that plane because it was illogical. It how he knew how to do it, no one understood. So they this is this is the magic zone. This is the superconscious. This is the super creative. This is the part that's um, you know it's extraordinary. And he in that moment, as he was attuned, he was had mastery and was being guided by a higher sense to landing that plane he was remyelinating his brain and that's how he was able to describe what he did even and people say but how did you know how to do that what made you do that what made you do that he's i don't know but he remyelinated his brain the point that it's not that he didn't know what he did he's very clear about what he did and pilots have subsequently been taught what he did Mm-hmm. it's just it's just extraordinary so that so you jump point to it mm-hmm. um captain chesley sullenberger sullenberger sully yes. sully was his name yes, yes. <laughs> thank you thank you thank you this that's um so you were asking prosperity mm-hmm. all right so my research um what i have ascertained what i have learned and i have seen it in mm-hmm. thousands and thousands of people is that um, we have, I have developed this concept called the wealth thermometer. Mm-hmm. And the wealth thermometer, you know, obviously the lower you are, the less wealth, the higher you are, the more wealth, right? But where we are in our levels of conscious awareness will determine the level of wealth that we have and our ability to earn, hold on to, and grow, because they're three very different skill sets. Mm-hmm. Three, three, yeah, they're very different energies um, and the extent to which we are able to earn, grow and hold on to wealth. And in my, from what my research has shown that people who are in the low levels of emotional intelligence or low levels of conscious awareness where they are trapped in fear, shame, guilt, regret, apathy, there is struggle when it comes to money. They reach a point and then lose it or reach a point and can't get through it or reach a point and spend it all or or not, you know, not manage to make money. So it's like this this oscillation, this feast and famine that goes on in the lower levels. But the moment you break out of that, as you as you increase your levels of conscious awareness, mm-hmm. 5D and beyond, um, you you find that money is magnetized to you and you it's effortless the, the ex, your experience with money is effortless in terms of 
magnetizing it, owning it, holding it, growing it. And there's a direct correlation to the extent of wealth you have with where you are on the levels of conscious awareness. Um, and so this is why I call money the gift that keeps on giving because the more you do the self-work, the more you do the soul work, the more you activate your soul power, the wealthier you get. And the, the your experience with money is direct feedback as to where you are on the wealth thermometer. Mm -hmm. It's not to love about money because it makes us more of who we are. <laughs> and I think for a lot of people, you know, because all of a sudden, like someone can see someone who it's like, oh, they just hit a 10K month. And then all of a sudden they're, you know, all of a sudden they're hitting six figure months. And it's because it's like, once you hit that feeling, it's like, it's so much easier to remain in that vibration to grow. And so I know there's people who are thinking who are at that point of low level who are like, but I'm struggling. And it's like, she said, break through it. And I always like to say, like, I help you break through your own glass ceiling, um, not the glass ceiling. And so yes. I know there's people who are thinking like, but how, because everyone's going to be like still in the how, <laughs> how do they uh, like, do you have any tips for them? How they could like hit that first point of the breakthrough to start ascending upward? It's very easy. And it's not rocket science. It's super easy. <laughs> All right. It's not what you do. It's not how you do it. It's who you are in doing what and how you do. It's who you are. That's the first thing. We always say things like, oh, I will um, focus on my health when I get money. I'll focus on losing weight, weight when I get money. I'll focus on my relationship when I get money. I'll focus on getting a new job or a new business or a new house or whatever. Whatever, 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 whatever. Wrong way around. Wrong way around. That is more health. That is time and space. That is what I call treacle. That is that is living in density. We collapse time. We quantum leap. We exponentially build wealth and abundance in all areas and prosperity in all forms, in all areas, in our life simultaneously when we focus on who we are. And when we are the I am field, I am that I am, I am it all and nothing is missing. I am empowered, I am powerful, I am marriage, ma I am <laughs> marriage. <laughs> <laughs> I am a miracle. You know, when we focus on our soul power and we connect into doing what we love, all right, doing more of what we love, finding the love in what we do, it doesn't matter. You could have a job you hate right now, then find the love in it. Because here's the thing, and this is the this is the crux. Anything in your life that you cannot put your hand on your heart and say, I'm deeply grateful and I love that it happened, it is going to run you. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, I'm telling everyone listening to this, as somebody who's been through a lot, you know, miracles that I'm living over and over and over again, there is no mortal challenge we are not greater than. There is no mortal challenge we cannot find the love in. With no mortal challenge, we cannot have gratitude for. None. And, you know, maybe we can talk about it in a different story because, you know, one of my abusers was my father. And, um, you know, my story is very public because it was in a public court. I and mean, he got 54 years and, and then he, you know, 
after a few years, he was transferred to a hospice. And I just knew coming from South Africa, I flew to see him. And I, I had no idea what I was going to say or why or anything like that. But I walked into that room and the first words out of my mouth was, Dad, thank you. I love you. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't my human to human. It was my soul speaking to his soul because this was part of my journey. And even the shit things that happen in our life is part of our journey. It's part of the whole. Don't dis- don't dismiss it. Don't disown it. Don't dislike it because it's part of your unique blueprint, your unique destiny for you to be all of who you are. Love, learn to love it, have gratitude for it, and you will experience a completely different life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important. I know for myself, um, when I first got into my business, um, I had just gone through like another breakup of, you know, abuse in a different sort of way. Um, and as I got out of that, um, I remember I had gone to a Tony Robbins event and, you know, everyone there is like raising their hand that they're entrepreneurs. And I'm like, do I need to be an entrepreneur to be here? Like what? And it was the, I left there and it was the first time that I truly loved myself. Mm. And, you know, and then as I started, like my dreams started coming true as, you know, because I was in this place of love and joy for others, for myself, you know, I said to myself, like all the stuff that I've been through, like it was to me, it was all worth it. If I could help one woman go after her dreams. And like, so when I first started my business, like that's all I cared about is like, if I can just help one person, because all of this shit that happened now, they're just tools in my toolkit for me to be able to understand someone else deeper. Yeah. To be, to be of service. And you Mm -hmm. start embodying that. That's because when we're in the third dimension, it's all about the self. Mm -hmm. It's all about survival. It's all about self. But once we step beyond that, it's now all about our higher good and the highest good of all. It's a very mm-hmm. different way of living, a very different focus. And the, the focus goes from uh, convergent to divergent. And that's we, when we're going into the divergent, you can see so much more. There's so much. There's not just the duality of black and white or true or false. There is so many. And you start becoming an observer mm-hmm. and an entangler. And that the the entangler, like that's a whole more exciting conversation. <laughs> like yes. yeah. Um, and so if someone wanted to work with you, how could they go about that? So I mean, you've shared so much, and obviously, you know, you're like you said, you know, you know your shit. <laughs> you know your shit. Yeah. So if someone wanted to work with you, how would they be able to find you? How can they work with you? Um, what is the best well, way to go about that? One one of the things, my brand is called Attuned to Prosperity for, to remind us all to choose prosperity to focus on mm-hmm. and to be an energetic match for prosperity in all forms and all ways. So that's my brand. And I'm on Facebook and um, I have a group called Attuned to Wealth. Right, because mm-hmm. I use wealth and and prosperity as a you know as as a gauge to how we're doing. Because I honestly believe we all deserve to live in ext- um, to live in extreme bun- abundance, in phenomenal abundance. It's our birthright. I really do believe that, and it's it's like yeah, I just believe that. And, I, and- I love that you say that because I always say greatness is a decision and your birthright, but it all begins with a decision. Yes. Yes. 
So, um, so yeah, so they can contact me. I run various programs. Um, and the end result of the programs in there inevitably is making more money. That's the end result. But the focus is the journey to the soul power. Mm-hmm. Um, so activating our soul power. And I do I do one-to-one mentorship and I do boxer support, which is which seems to be the thing that people love most, the boxer and one-to-ones that love that, really love that. It's really potent. It's being in this energy, right? Mm-hmm. There's it's really, really strong. And I do a lot of activations, a lot of healing because of the work I've done and the ascension I've experienced. I'm able, I'm, I'm able to do phenomenal healing as well. That is just, a, we all have that. And we all tap into that as we increase our levels of awareness and consciousness and, and in our journey of ascension. And this is, as you said, you want to be of service to others. So mm-hmm. there's many ways in which I work with people. And then I have various programs, um, as well, like marrying the the you know understanding the physics, the the human, understanding the soul, how to overcome the human, connect with the soul, and all sorts of stuff. So anyway, Facebook is where I mainly hang out, and they can also do my free quiz, Attuned to Prosperity, and see where they are on the world thermometer as well. It's very revealing. People have said to me it's like it's it's more accurate than a astrology report. So. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And yeah, so I'll make sure that everyone has access to all the links to connect, like connect to you. Um, and especially that quiz, the attuned to yeah. prosperity quiz. Um, Cause I think that's really going to help people really get an idea of where they're at and what their next steps are to be able to work with you. Like what is going yes. to make sense to align with them? Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Perfect. And they will enjoy doing it as well. It's quite revealing. Mm-hmm. I know I'm going to go do it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, so thank you so much for being on the podcast. Um, this has been such a beautiful conversation and I know I've learned so much and it's something that I absolutely love talking about. So it was amazing to be able to have a conversation with someone who understands it <laughs> as well, because some people they're just like, it goes over their head. So yeah. thank you so much. Absolute pleasure, Brittany. Thank you so much. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I can't believe like it, all this time has passed. It felt like 10 minutes. <laughs> exactly. That's why I block out the time that I do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so for everyone listening out there, um, thank you so much. And make sure you guys go out there and make life your bitch. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Make Life Your Bitch podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with your bestie. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, feedback, or compliments that you want to throw like confetti, you can reach me directly at podcast at makelifeyourbitch.co. Thanks for listening.